So Money, Episode 19, Brittany Castro. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today's guest is Brittany Castro. She's a certified financial planner. She's an entrepreneur, and she's a personal finance expert for women. She's the founder and CEO of Financially Wise Women. It's based in Los Angeles, a financial planning firm for women. Now, Brittany specializes in working with busy professional and entrepreneurial women who are passionate about life and want to gain clarity around their money. Brittany's mission is to help women plan and create the life of their dreams, free from anxiety about money. She's known for her innovative, non-judgmental, compassionate approach to financial planning, and she's been featured all over the place, Wall Street Journal, uh, New York Times. I can't get over one thing that Brittany told me during this interview, and that is that her money mantra is that there's more where that came from. And I think that that is just, it, it, it nails it. You know, just to, to have that mentality and, and to use Brittany's words, she says that this philosophy allows her to have an abundance mentality and it keeps her from feeling that the world is scarce and that she'll never be worth more than she is today. And I think that is such a, it's such a bold way to think about money, right? Because life can turn and twist and, and it can surprise you in ways where you feel like the world's against you. You feel like there's no way out of a situation and that, um, you know, money is scarce and the world is not abundant. And I just found this quote to be one of the most inspirational quotes I've heard so far on the podcast, and you're just going to love the rest of the interview. So without further ado, here is the lovely, the talented, the wise, Brittany Castro. Brittany Castro, welcome to So Money, my friend. I have been meaning to connect with you for so many years. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Farnoosh, and vice versa. I am honored to be here. You, I consider you to be among some of the top female financial influencers in the country. You're, um, you're, I, I, are you a millennial? I'm technically, I think, still one. I'm yeah. 30, so okay. I'm like oh, at the well, cutoff. Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I call myself a millennial sometimes, yeah. and I am older than you, and so you are definitely a millennial. Um, and so I, I say that only to illustrate that you know you're somebody who's very current with kind of the issues yeah. that face our current generation when it comes to money. And I think you're a reliable source, a friendly source to get great information and guidance and advice from. And I know you, with Financially Wise Women, you're taking this to new heights. So tell us, where will we be able to find you in 2015? 2015. Well, you know, this year, uh, we're really just trying to double down on a lot of the projects we've been working on. So two years, or, or I'm sorry, Financially Wise Women is two years old. It is a registered investment firm. So, I mean, our main focus is to help women entrepreneurs and professionals really develop a budget and a plan and strategy for their money, but do it in a very fun and simple and innovative way. 
Um, so part of our services are financial planning, which is the one-on-one consulting. We're going to really enhance our online money course this year, which is like a six-week um, online webinar, webinar course. And then the third main component where you'll see a lot more of us this year is just with the media. So working with production companies here in L.A. to promote um, entrepreneurship and finance within the women entrepreneur space and millennial space and doing more um, of our live workshops and speaking gigs and really just going out again. Um, I used to do this a lot in my career, but going out with like a new updated mission of like helping more of the masses more of like the everyday millennial entrepreneur understand money in a whole new way and like learn systems and strategies to incorporate in their financial lives that like work for them you know maybe not as traditional as the advice used to be but still incorporating those key concepts but making it way more innovative and in alignment with who we are and where we're at right now in the economy and society. What do you see as some of the unique challenges, financial challenges that millennials face, particularly in for those interested in starting their own businesses? When you say, you know, we want to approach it more innovatively, more mm-hmm. catering to this demographic, what what specific needs are you talking about? You know, one of the main needs still is like finance. Um, I know you write a lot about this. It's like, you know, people come out of college with student loan debt and like figuring out, okay, how do I launch this business or this um, idea I have and have the money to do it? And so one of the biggest things that I see as like a problem in in the space is that um, a lot of entrepreneurs or people who want to launch a business are so unclear about the finances. They don't they don't understand the personal finance and then they don't really understand the business finance of it. So, you know, lately I've been teaching a lot of workshops around helping people know what they need on the personal side. So, if you're an entrepreneur in year 1, how much money do you need every year to support your lifestyle, to pay your bills, you know, save for some of your goals, maintain a lifestyle? And then how do we incorporate that into your business model so that when you reverse engineer it, your business or the business that you're building is actually going to be working for you and eventually, if you know, not usually in year one, but eventually paying you the income that you need to support your personal financial goals and desires. So I think that's like a huge opportunity for the millennial space because there is a lot of entrepreneur-minded people and it's really like giving them the framework to think about this stuff. And so liberating, right? Because yeah. I think uh, it can be really scary to, to take that plunge, to quit your cushy nine-to-five, although you know I got laid off and I was scared to death to become my own self-employed you know, little production company here, but... Uh, it, I think what you hit on is 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 absolutely the need because especially mm-hmm. when you think about being in your twenties, early thirties, you want to enjoy your money, and I think that mm-hmm. that gets lost in the conversation. It's all about you oh know, my gosh, yes, and, and sometimes just about using new words. It's about framing things differently and opening your mind out up to you know, don't call it a budget, call it a spending plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these little tweaks and hacks, I think can get a generation that is a little skeptical, frankly, of the financial industry and also 
um, not optimistic about potential, you know, ability to have a fun, enjoyable life on a budget uh, to to uh, to believe that they can. Mm hmm. Oh, you're so spot on. I mean, it's like that freedom and like enjoyment that I think is and fulfillment. It's like, you know, some of the big things that this our generation wants. And, um, you know, it for me, even in my own business, it's like I had to fund my own business. So even if I'm leveraging my own personal savings and debt, which I'll, you know, I'm sure I'll talk about more. Um, to do it, at least I'm clear, you know, moving forward. So I don't bring in all this like shame and guilt into the equation because I had to, I had to learn that too, you know, from my own journey. So I'm like trying to get out there and share what I've learned, um, being a financial planner, but also being an entrepreneur and especially being a woman entrepreneur, you know, the still lack of financing is, is huge. And so the more, again, we, you know, we can like give, people the freedom to like use their money and like yes you can do it it might take some time to do it but it's it's can be done and you give them that then there's like so much more excitement and like for me motivation like yeah I'm gonna hustle and I'm gonna work hard because when I do I'm gonna you know see the direct result of it Yes, I'm a mm -hmm. huge proponent of hustling your way to the top. <laughs> and, you know, you talk about expanding your, your reach. And, mm -hmm. and I hope that through this podcast, people will learn about you. And um, let's spend the next 20 minutes or so talking about your personal financial ideologies, philosophies. And, and I'm happy to hear that you are admitting to some failure. Even Brittany Castro, yeah. <laughs> who's oh, a yeah. certified financial planner, money guru, makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. So that is mm -hmm. um, comforting, I bet, to many people on the podcast, including myself. So let's start with Brittany Castro's personal financial philosophy. I asked this of all of my guests to start off with a money mantra, kind of like a saying or an expression that helps to keep their money where it needs to be? Well, I'm all about affirmations and mantras. And, you know, there's <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with money in a good way. Like, I really enjoy it. But um, lately, I've been saying this one. Um, there's more where that came from. So this one has helped me a lot because I'm actually like growing into like a new stage of my business, which every time you kind of figure out your budget or your spending plan, then like, you know, there might be growth involved. So then you're like, okay, now I'm going to have to spend a little bit more. But I always like this because it reminds me of the abundance mentality and it keeps me out of the fear and scarcity with my money. When I simply just feel that like emotions start to come on, I'm like, there's more that came from, there's more money. And I don't need to worry about like letting this money go, you know, to pay a bill or take on this expense. I do agree with that, and, and that is something that has come up a number of times in my conversations with um, successful people, people who've got their finances uh, figured out, to say mm -hmm. the least. But I have to also wonder, there has to be a practical component to that. Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, well, I'll just buy this because there's more where that came from. You know, that, that right. let's give yourself a little more credit, too, and say, I assume you're also... No, you understand that there are trade-offs when you buy things and, and that you have to kind of have your bases covered in order to really live that, that fulfill that mentality. Totally. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because, um, yeah, I'm not just like 
haphazardly spending, you know, I'm very um, aware of like my expenses. I do weekly money dates. So I'm checking in on my cash flow every week to know. Um, and for me, actually, because I, I, you know, came from like a more saving background and like being really frugal with my money in a way, um, I've part of my growth in my financial life has been to like be okay spending a little bit more money, um, knowing that it is a wise and thought out decision. So yeah, there's definitely other systems and boundaries in place. And then when I use this mantra, it's just again, like connecting back to like, I don't have to worry. I will, I trust myself to, you know, take this on, or I know that I can take it on because I've done my budget this week, etc. I like that. There's more where that came from. Mm-hmm. Well, take us down memory lane a bit, Brittany. Mm-hmm. I um, I know a little bit about your background, but not not nearly enough to really understand where you get your smarts <laughs> uh, and how you kind of the experiences that you've had that really shape or influence the way that you think about money today. And I think for all of us listening, there is always a story behind mm-hmm. the truth. And so what would be one of your best, most memorable experiences related to money growing up that you think has influenced you, the way that you behave with money today? Um, There's so many because I do this. I love this activity. Um, I mean, my very first money memory, and this is one I share a lot, is um, I just had this piggy bank when I was a little kid, and I re- it, was, it was Cabbage Patch doll. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> the 80s. My mother got me the generic Cabbage Patch doll one year because it was all sold out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was obsessed, and so I've I had a cab- had a few years of therapy as a result. <laughs> Because she, yeah, she didn't get you the right one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so I had the Cabbage Patch doll piggy bank. And, I, you know, I don't know. My mom gave me a bag of pennies. And I, like, literally sat in my room probably for hours just, like, putting the pennies in my piggy bank and dumping them out and putting them back in. And, you know, when I, like, recalled this memory, I was um, – I see how it even kind of plays out because I love – like I love to organize, you know, I love to plan and organize. And so I've always been that way with my money. Like when I got my first job, I was 16. And another cool memory I had was, um, I was like, I'm going to get a job. And so I hadn't thought about it at all. Um, my parents, you know, they're middle class, kind of like the millionaires next door. Like, um, always kind of said, if you want more, you got to go and get a job and work for it. But one day I was like, I'll get a job. Meanwhile, my older brother, who was a year older than me, had been wanting a job for months, like maybe six months, looking, applying, going out to things, not getting anything. Um, And I go and I get a job at this new restaurant, like right away, got a job. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make this much. I'm going to make tips. This is great. I come home. I'm like, oh, I got a job. And it was just like so easy, you know. And I, I recall that memory now when I'm like, um, like maybe negotiating a contract or like, you know, taking on a new project that involves money. It's just a reminder for me, like that money story and that money memory. Like if I want it, I can do it. And, um, it, you know, those things just always help. And, and I think that's kind of like shaped how I tend to be with my money today. 
I'm really happy for you, and I'm also feeling bad for your brother because he probably... isn't it sad. <laughs> Why do you think that he wasn't able to find a job? I don't know. You know, but you know, it's so interesting. Then after college. Farnoosh, I literally was um, study business economics and we graduate. He's a year older, but we graduated at the same time and he was doing accounting and I was doing business. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go into finance. It seems kind of boring and analytical. I mean, I'm pretty good at it, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm a people person. And um, he was applying for accounting jobs. So it was like he was going into the big four, you know, firms. We both come home one holiday and, um, he was like, well, I got these job offers. Here's the salary. Here's the benefit packets. And I came home and I was like, well, I got this job offer, but it's like commission um, from day one. It's financial advisor at this firm. I don't know how much I'm going to make. And my, you know, my parents are like, but look at Phil. He got all of these offers and they're great and they're clean cut. And you could see, what do you get? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, well, how much are you going to make? And I was like, I don't know. You know, they said the incomes unlimited <laughs> so, <laughs> Sky's the limit. my goal that first year was just to beat my brother in income was just to prove that like this entrepreneurial way of working could work and I did it was so funny so it's so interesting now actually recalling both of those stories how so you just... ended up trumping him that year as well in income. trumping him again oh no wonder mm. our relationship's a little <laughs> challenging <Why? laughs> this has suddenly not become just about a financial conversation no. you um, see i mean that's how money is though it's so intertwined with mm. everything yeah well thanks for sharing that with us i want to talk a little bit about failure i ask all my mm -hmm. guests to talk about a less than stellar moment in their financial <laughs> lives. What's a failure that you're willing to admit that you think really helped to straighten you up? Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, it's um, two years ago when I left and I leveraged all my personal savings um, to start my company. Like, So just to kind of explain, when I was at the independent firm, you know, I was producing good revenue as a business owner, but there is so much overhead to run a, a financial, you know, practice that I didn't prepare for fully. You know, I was at this financial firm for four and a half years and I went to independent one and compliance and just all these dues and regulation fees that you have to pay. And so I leverage, like I, I didn't, you know, even though I was making like money, I didn't have enough money to cover all of my bills and the personal, uh, I'm sorry, and the business expenses I was taking on. So I had a cash out of um, my 401k plan, which at that time, Farnoosh, I mean, this is like a big no-no, right? Like in financial yeah. planning, we always tell clients, don't ever do that. You know, that would have been my advice up until that point. Um, and so I felt like such a failure. Like I was like, I feel like a fraud. I, I'm starting this company. I don't even know, like, you know, obviously if it's going to work or not, but it, that's what I want to do. Now I'm cashing out of my retirement plan. And, you know, at that time it was like maybe 30,000 or something to start this company and just like pay for my cost of living and I took on so much shame because then not only did I do that, but then the following year I acquired debt because then there was like all these new expenses because then I launched an, another, firm, you know, a different version of the firm. And so 
then I was taking on personal debt to start my business and launch these ideas that I had. And so last, I would say like in 2013, early 2013, I had a moment where I was just like exhausted, like financially, emotionally, physically exhausted. And I remember just going to the bathroom floor, like literally crying. It was just one of those moments. And I was just like, I don't, I feel done. Like I'm done. I feel I can't do it. I've, I cashed out everything. Now I have debt. I don't know what's happening. Um, and it was like that surrender moment, you know, that you, you know, those times in life where you're just like, okay, I don't know. And I like then was like, I just need to tell more people about this because I was holding it all in and I was putting so much pressure on myself to be a certain way. And I should know this because I'm a financial planner. I should have known better about this business expense or whatever. And I didn't give myself any allowance to say like, how, how would I, how could I know? I've never had my own business before, you know, and business finance is actually totally separate than personal finance. Um, but it was at that moment of surrender that then I, you know, started to tell like my close girlfriends and my parents. And I remember feeling like so much shame around that. And everyone was like, oh my God, it's okay. You know, like mm -hmm. you're totally okay. You're not a fraud. Most business owners leverage something to start business. You know, they need capital. They need sometimes debt in order to do that. And you're, you're going to be okay. Like, you can do this. And so it was just like from that moment forward, what I thought was such a huge failure, like, gave me the biggest lesson in my financial life, I feel, and the relationship I have with money now, which is just, like, seeing it in a completely new way. And it's not always black and white. And, you know, there are gray areas, and everybody's going to have a different risk preference and and I think comfort level with the decisions they make in their financial lives but to see it more as like a learning lesson of what works for me and what doesn't work and now because of that I'm a lot more aware of you know spending in my business and I you know how I do it and the long-term effect of it and how you know like I'm more conscious in general which I and just per um on the business wise I can relate to the people who have debt so much better because I bring this element now of like compassion, like, you know, people who have student loan debt or credit card debt. I mean, we live in a debt nation, so it's not like, you know, it's, it's you know, a lot of people have these feelings and emotions. So, and I can totally relate to that now. So it's, it's been a blessing to say the least, but yeah, it was, it was a huge, um, pivotal time in my life. And kudos to your friends for lifting you up, because I think mm -hmm. that's also another lesson is that we have this, um, especially for those listening, you might be type A, you might feel like you have mm -hmm. to do it all on your own and that, you know, you're expected to know how to manage your money. So you better not ask any questions. Well, no, truth is there's a lot of uncertainty out there and a lot of the confidence and the, a lot of the answers are not necessarily like you don't have to go to a lawyer or professional, you just have to sometimes turn to friends, you know, people's real life experiences are priceless. If they can just motivate you to kind of, you know, get yourself back up and brush yourself off. That is priceless. I'm glad you did that. Thank you. All right, let's, let's reverse it. Uh, so we talked about failure, although it ended up being a great lesson learned. 
what about a so money moment, Brittany? I mean, you've um, you've accomplished so much already in your young adult life. I'm curious to know what would you identify as your ultimate so money moment, a time in your life, in your career where you feel like you really achieved financial mastery of something? Yeah. Um, you know, my, I, I have a few that come to mind. The most recent one, it was so, I mean, it's small probably for, you know, people on the outside, but for me, it was a big deal was I think a month ago, I was just updating all my business finances and my budget for 2015. And I was going through all my Excel spreadsheets and, like after a few hours of crunching numbers and just, you know, updating everything, I was like, hallelujah. I feel like I have clarity finally after two years of like business expenses and my business budget, what will work. And it was like a so money moment for me just because I was like, yes, you know, I've made it through two years. I feel like I could see more clearly. Um, I've, you know, tracked my spending like you know, every week. And it just felt like that big, like reward at the end of all this, like all these baby steps. You're like, I don't know if this, what, you know, if this is working or not. And it was like, again, maybe something so little, but for me it was pivotal because now I feel like I can go into the next stage of my business with so much more knowledge and awareness. So how did you get to that aha moment? Yeah. One of the biggest tips I can share with people is to do a weekly money date. And this is, just a time where you check in with your money every week, but you bring in like that fun and excitement energy of a date. And what you do is you're like reviewing your budget, you're reviewing your spending. Maybe you budget in some sort of online tool like Mint or um, Quick QuickBooks or Quicken, or maybe you just do an Excel spreadsheet. But by looking at your money every week and like tracking where it's coming from and where it's going, it just brings this whole new level of awareness so that when you are spending throughout the week, you're like, okay, great, you know, bills are on auto pay, savings are automated. Now I could spend this amount guilt free as long as I spend within this range. And, you know, that's what I was doing for my business and my personal life. It's like every week reviewing and tweaking and reviewing and tweaking until I kind of like became comfortable with my magic number, which is like the number I need every month in my business to support my business expenses and my personal income needs. So I think one of the biggest tips, you know, out of this so many moment is just to like set up your own weekly money day and start to like get in the know with your patterns and your spending because it's the only way you're going to begin to like change it or build more money or, or build the business to support the money you need moving forward. Before we wrap, I like to do a quick round of fill in the blanks. So mm-hmm. money, fill in the blank. So I will start you off with a sentence and you will finish it. Please just say whatever comes to your mind in the moment. Um, if you're thinking too long about it, it's not working. <laughs> I have that happen to some guests where literally it's like a minute later and I'm like, are you too afraid to admit something here? But um, it's all it's all good. It's all fun. So, all right. If I won the lottery tomorrow, say – I made a big number up, like $100 million, I would. Ooh, I love it, $100 All right, first thing, I would book all my travel for next year, 
and just go and each month go to a new place and pick a new person to come with me each time and pay for our trips. Where would we go? <laughs> Ooh, where would you like? <laughs> I, I better be, if I'm giving you $100 million, or, I mean. Uh, we'll do the first month together. Okay, we'll pick a place. Um, the one thing that I spend money on that makes my life easier or better is. Ooh. Um, easier or better. Or both. Uh, or both. Okay. Um, I want to say like my weekly Chinese massages because <laughs> that makes me feel better, which makes my life better. Yes. Nice. And it has to be like Chinese or Thai because. They get in my back and they like get all the knots out. Like I'm not one of those girls who likes to just go to the spa. I'm like, when I get a massage, you get my knots out. Wow. <laughs> I've heard so. of that. I have friends who there's like this like hole in the wall place on the upper yeah, west they're the side. Best. You go down, it's it's kinda scary, but they get the they get the job done. Yep. My biggest guilty pleasure that I probably spend too much money on is Oh, coffee for sure. <laughs> How do you take I'm it? Like, I'm not the latte factor girl. Um, I do just regular coffee with steamed almond milk. You know, my mom's trying to get me on almond milk. Oh, it's so good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do this. Maybe it's my 2015, like, There you go. Transition. Try it out. You know what? One I've actually been switching to, though, lately is cashew milk, so that's even oh. better. And then what I do is I actually put a little bit of turmeric on it. Wow. So coffee, steamed almond milk with some turmeric. Okay, do you have that in Starbucks, or are they going to look crazy? <laughs> Excuse me, can you gotta put go a dash the... of turmeric in my grande? you got to go to the quality cashew. shops, hence my <laughs> guilty vice here. Got it, okay. All righty. One thing I wish I'd known about money growing up is? It's okay to enjoy it now. Because I think, you know, when I first, like, really, I would say up until just last year, I've just been such this like future saver, got to save everything, you know, it's so hard for me to enjoy money now, do it later. And so you can enjoy money now and still make sure you save some and prepare for the future. I like that though, you know, live in the now, enjoy in the now. It's so important because that's what working hard is all about sometimes. I mean, yes, it's to plan, it's to have your goals in the future, but enjoy it yeah enjoy the journey mm-hmm. when I donate money I like to give to blank because usually anything that promotes education and literacy to the next generation so right now I'm really big in the um, like teen girl programs and, and there's like a few organizations here in Los Angeles that I um, support and connect with on a regular basis. And I just think that's so imperative. I mean, it's obviously where my heart is with women and um, money and entrepreneurship skills. And I think, you know, women especially just have so much power to create positive change in the world. And the sooner we can get this type of wisdom and knowledge to girls and teens and women, the better for everyone. Right on. And finally, I'm so money because I'm a financially wise woman. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you had to go with that one, yeah. Self shameless plug. I love money, <laughs> love it all. Love to earn it, spend it, save it, manage it, teach it. I'm just love it. Yeah. 
Well, Brittany, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you, and I only wish you were in person. Next time you're in New York, let's get together. Or when I'm in Los Angeles, I will call you. Or, hey, we'll go to that special island together when we both win the lottery. Yes, I love all of those proposals. All those options. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Tell us where we can follow you and uh, learn more about your great work. You can definitely come find me over at financiallywisewomen.com. That's where um, you'll see all my social media sites as well. And another good one to follow me on is Twitter. And it's Brittany Castro is my Twitter name. Fantastic. Well, Brittany, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And we wish you continued success in the new year. We are excited to keep following you and come back. Yes, thank you, Farnoosh. It's been a pleasure. And like I shared, I just adore you and admire you so much for all the work you're doing. And um, I look forward to coming back. Thanks so much to my guest, Brittany Castor, once more. She is the founder and CEO of Financially Wise Women. It's a Los Angeles-based financial planning firm for women. The website Uh, very appropriately, is financiallywisewomen.com. And I want to hear from you. Please send me your questions. Go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, submit your question. I'll read it and I'll consider it for this weekend's episode. See you tomorrow and I hope your day is so money.